0: So today I have to begin with a confession. It's good for the soul. Good for us too. And I'm gonna offer. The theme for this month is opening to joy. And I don't feel like dealing with joy. I don't. I wasn't. All through this fall, I knew the theme was coming. Joy is coming, whether I want it or not. Joy? I mean, I just, I couldn't get a handle on it. I didn't want to try for joy. It seemed like every, with everything else, the expectation of joy was more than I wanted to deal with this, this month or this year, frankly. And of course, in our immediate context, our immediate moment to put together a message about joy when our neighbors who are not so far away are so sad and so struggling and hurt and wondering still about loved ones in the aftermath of these tornadoes that went through hundreds of miles in six states and how many communities, people who were at work trying to get ready for Christmas. Where is joy there? Part of the role of themes and having something of a schedule for worship and the arc of what we will engage with over the course of a year. To do intentional reflection on a theme, a word, an idea is to kind of, is to make us get into something that, for which we might not otherwise volunteer and to see what happens, just see what happens. But I'll offer that part of the resistance I was feeling to going into this theme for today was so much of what I was seeing for reflections and wisdom in the collective resources were I mean they were beautiful it was poetry and words of wisdom and music and a lot of it focused on happiness and pleasure and that, those experiences can very much be connected to joy but they're not joy at least not where I was getting into for joy. There was something more. If I'm gonna get into joy, I really want something more. I mean, I love pizza. I love video games, but more, I was looking for more. I have to thank my colleague, the Reverend Daniel Cantor from First Unitarian Church in Dallas. Um, It was his message on joy from last December, actually. that has really helped me prepare for today. And he talks about joy as as a resource to love and to hope. Joy as something that infuses the spirit so strongly that the only response is gratitude, that the only response is wow, that the only response is joy. He talked about a, he shared a story about a young man who was really feeling at a loss and out of place and and aimless and not connected. And he shared, this young man shared this feeling with his father, and his father said to him, make, make a financial gift, make a donation. And he was in a Buddhist, at a Buddhist temple, at a Buddhist community, and that's where he, this young man wrote a check that was much larger, kind of a little uncomfortable amount of check. It was really going to be a sacrifice for him to give this money. But this young man did so and put the check in and and made this donation. And then this young man sat down and just simply took in all that was around him in this temple. And what he found after that act and in pausing and looking around at this community was a deep feeling of connection that came upon him. Something that was that he was knowing as a, as a satisfaction with the world. That he has, was present and able to pay attention to more of what was around him. And even a feeling of peace in the world a deep and abiding sense of being you know he he had a smile or two between himself and the monks you know that kind of buddhist monk smile but that but it wasn't about the monk but it was about the connection a deep and abiding sense of being He was being present enough to feel the whole of life. It wasn't happiness. It was not happiness with himself or seeing the monk in the garden, but this presence. There was something more. I way that my colleague Daniel talked about joy was um, in referring to immigrant, the, an immigrant community experience, where a first generation immigrant parent had so struggled to work, so struggled to make ends meet, had spent long, long hours away from her child. And then when that child was able to go to school, go and graduate and be recognized, and cherished amongst her peers and tell her mother's story of labor and hardship, and that this parent was able to see the community celebrate her child and the story that she shared, the hardship didn't go away. But she could see, this mother could see that now her child and her own self, that they were both grounded in purpose. After being seen as less than, they encountered witness and respect and being fully cherished as human beings. That that was an experience of joy. The stories we tell at this time of year They keep directing us to encounters with life that is larger than us, with power beyond us, with a universe filled with wonder and power. This message, this opportunity to think about joy, no matter how much we resist it, and maybe even for some of us it is just too hard to struggle with, but this invitation to think about joy is an invitation to be more alive, to be more present, to not not negate or lessen the struggle, but to be also here and with the abundance that is before us. When we are on the brink of the void of despair, of depression, of grief, those are pretty abundant too that vastness that can seem without anchor. Here we tell each other stories of joy, stories of celebration when we want to fear, stories of celebration when we want to just leave. if you've read a little bit of especially Christian scripture um, and see when there are encounters with angels in the course of the scripture, um, Daniel reminds us that um, every time an angel shows up, their first words to the human beings are, fear not. Their first words are, fear not, because, because they know there's a whole lot of fear going on in the world and then there's an angel. Oh my goodness, there's an angel before us. What is this creature and what is it gonna do to us? But after the the admonition to fear not, then the angel will lay out whatever is the the new transformation at hand, whatever is the experience that is to come. And so I'm gonna say, I'm going to make a fair guess that the shepherds in the Christian scriptures were pretty still much trembling at the angel, even after the fear not. I certainly would be. But it's also mixed with beauty and vision and prophecy and the possibility of justice and a new life and escape from a ruling empire. It's not fearing life's indecisions and dead ends, but it is pointing us to an opportunity to go through the experience of the void, knowing that there is also more around us that embraces us. And I'll also offer that joy in in the course of dealing with life is not necessarily divine or angelic either. There's a moment of choice in the Christian Christmas story that doesn't have an angel, but is powerful. And this is when you know have Mary and Joseph and and Mary and Joseph are are traveling and there's no room at the inn. You know, they're traveling to get to being um, counted, but there are crowds and there's no room for them to have shelter, and Mary's about to have the baby. And the innkeeper in this story points them to a place of shelter. And the innkeeper is following the instruction. It's not an angel in this moment, but following the traditional instruction to offer a place to stay, to offer hospitality. The innkeeper and by the innkeeper through us are invited to not neglect hospitality. Whether or not we're in the midst of any other struggle or distracted by the crowds or distracted by our lives, we are still invited to offer hospitality. And that innkeeper didn't have a heavenly host nudging. But that invitation too makes room. Extending that bit makes room to heal from makes room to heal from our struggles, our past, what lingers, even when we want to turn all of those feelings away and turn any encounters away and not deal with anybody, whether or not there might be joy. It is an opportunity. This opening to joy is an opportunity for making room. When we have been wounded, when we live in the struggle, in a sorrow amidst a world of uncertainty, threats to democracy, that our bodies are not our own, and the subsequent impact on our existence, what we, this opportunity, this invitation to joy, to generosity, to hospitality, is part of what we get to create for our next generation. We are in a fight for our lives. Oh, and then there's a pandemic with rising numbers and a new variant and the exhaustion and desire to just simply go about life because we have been in this storm so long and have had enough reminders of death and mortality and illness. There is. So even though that's all true, even though that's all the case, still my colleague and this other colleague, Laura, made this video about joy in children. I mean, much of what they said were kind of expressions of happiness. I mean, you know, pizza, right? But what I also saw was joy in their existence, their calm trust, their happiness, their responsiveness, their willingness to name what is dear to them, those outward signs of peace and love and security in their lives. The adults in their lives do hard things for the sake of these new emerging lives. So all of the struggle is true, and I see these children, and I want to say, tell me another story about joy. Tell me another story about contentment and purpose and peace with all things because that that is also here among us, that I may carry it for myself and for others. The invitation of opening to joy is so much possibility in such a small world. It can be often, so often taken for granted. You know, yes, sure, faith, hope, love, joy. Sure, let's include that one too. Little word, let's, we have room. Joy can be so ephemeral, so ill-defined, and yet, and yet we sing. We write poetry. We tell fantastical stories. We tell holy tales of miracles again and again and again because joy. We have the ability to stop and recognize what is before us, to cultivate this state of being yet again. In these stories, in these seasons, that joy is in each of us and we can shed the temporary and fleeting, of com- fleeting comforts, the, the chocolate cake theology, as, as Daniel said. You know, chocolate cake is great, but then it's over. But, but joy, joy continues. We can receive the depth of it. This is why we engage in Advent, In holy waiting, in every tradition, there are forms of holy waiting and anticipating to promote a still and quiet state, promote clarity of vision, to be ready for the opening to joy, to let our grief meet joy, to make space for it in our lives, to expand all that we can experience and feel amid the unpredictable nature of life. And then we invite our children into the conversation as well, so we can hear their answers and renew our own, renew our wonder and witness when life is sad and dehumanizing and impossible. We invite our fellow members and friends into the poetry and the music and the stories and the personal account and find that joy once again, that reminder of that spark to refresh our ability to resist, to refresh our ability to know happiness, to refresh our welcome of pleasure, to refresh our silliness, to refresh our love, to refresh all that is our life. May we go forth from this moment into this season, to be more open to joy. Let us be, let us make it so. Amen.